Our scripture reading this morning is found in the book of Galatians chapter 6 from verse 1 down to 10. I am using the easy to read version. And here is the reading. Brothers and sisters, a person in your group might do something wrong. You, you people who are spiritual should go to the person who is sinning. You should help to make him right again. You should do this in a gentle way, but be careful. You might be tempted to sin too. Help each other with your troubles. When you do this, you truly obey the law of Christ. If a person thinks that he is important, which he is really not important, he is only fooling himself. A person should not compare himself, himself with other people. Each, each person should judge his own action. Then he can be proud for what he himself has done. Has done. Each person must, must accept his own responsibility. The person who is learning the teaching of God should share all the good things that he has with the person who is teaching him. Don't be fooled. You cannot cheat God. A person harvests only the things he plants. If person plants to satisfy his sinful self, then his sinful self will bring him eternal death. But if a person plants to please the Spirit, he will get, get eternal life from the Spirit. We must not become tired of doing good. We will receive our harvest of eternal life. At the night time, at the right time, we must not give up. When we have the opportunity, opportunity to do good to any person, we should do it. We should do it, but we should give special attention to the person that are in the family of believers. Thank you. Good morning. What a beautiful day this is. It's a treat being here with so many familiar, beautiful, smiling faces. It's a treat that the weather is improving. The temperatures are getting better. The snow is disappearing finally. I want to thank you for the privilege it is to bring a message from God's Word to you this morning on being encouragers. I just want to begin by saying how much Kim and I truly miss each and every one of you. Uh, we moved into our home in Carmen last October, uh, 
And uh, each day it's feeling more and more like, like home to us. But I got to tell you, when I walked through the doors this morning, this is home. I bring you greetings from the brothers and sisters of the church in Carmen. And one thing is clearly evident to me, and that's love of Christ is being proclaimed wherever we have the privilege of meeting with his church. We've gone through a lot in the last couple of years, haven't we? The pandemic has changed our day-to-day way of doing things. It's affected thousands and thousands of people who have battled the virus, who have lost family members because of it. It's changed the way we think. It's changed us as a church family, who we are as people. Now, some of the changes have been good, while in a few cases the changes have been concerning. The pandemic has split families, it's divided society, and in some cases has ended friendships. Some people don't believe that COVID is a thing. They blame the government, the media, the medical community for overreacting, for trying to control people, while others believe that COVID is a real and true threat. It is a drain on medical resources. These folks have taken all the required steps to protect themselves and follow the protocols. And it has split us into two camps. Two camps that take shots at each other, trade barbs. Social media has become more of a battleground than it ever has been. It's come at the expense of love and concern and respect for each other. The actions that have been on display certainly have not been the type of actions that would encourage or build people up. Arrogance and foolish pride are Satan's tools, and he has been using them every minute to tear down people, pit people against each other. And those tools are on full display even today in the Ukraine as we see one man has waged a war against an entire country because of his arrogance and foolish pride. And sadly, the leader of the Russian Orthodox Church has condoned his actions, calling this a holy war. I don't get that. So this morning I want to look at encouragement on how we can build each other up. What, it, what does that actually look like? Many of the thoughts that I have prepared are from many, many articles that I've read on encouragement and building people up. There's a lot of scripture in this morning's lesson to back up many of these thoughts. Building up others means to edify, to encourage, and to uplift them so that they will be strengthened inwardly to persevere despite difficulty. Encouragement seeks to infuse difficulty with meaning. In John 16, verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. While trying to and commit building up others is essential, sincere and effective encouragement is founded on particular knowledge and truths and beliefs, such as the following. Realizing that one reason the Lord saved me was to be his ambassador. 
We must be sincere and effective in our encouragement of each other. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So that's telling me that I must understand completely that I have been blessed with all the good things that being in Christ brings in order to be a blessing and an encourager to others. I need to commit to being an encourager because it's what God desires and it's what people need. We must have... Where am I here? I'm behind in my PowerPoint. (laughs) We must have a knowledge of God's Word. Believers are to build each other up by speaking appropriate truths from God's Word. For example, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, through chapter 5, verse 11, I'm not going to read it all. But what Paul was writing to persecuted believers seeking to encourage them by reminding them of the truth of the Lord's return. Persecuted believers needed to hear this truth so that they would have hope and courage to stay faithful. And knowing God's word gives me encouraging truth to share with others. Be encouraged belonging to Christ. If they have any encouragement from being united with Christ, then value others above yourselves. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Belonging to Christ is the truth that overcomes every defeat and discouragement. In him, we all share in the victory that was won at the cross. And that victory overcame our enemies, the world, the flesh, the devil, even death. This is the ultimate encouraging truth. We must learn to encourage and strengthen ourselves in the Lord like, like David in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 30, verse 6. Where he says, he was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters, but David found strength in the Lord his God. So just like David, we do this by encouraging ourselves regarding our relationship with Christ and all that is ours because of it. We are more than a conqueror through him. We have to be aware of others. Be aware that they need building up. We should not be self-absorbed and looking out only for our own interests. We need to be people-oriented. We need to be listeners more than talking and observing what is going on with others. We need to be a learner of others' accomplishments. Everyone needs praise and recognition for their accomplishments, but few people make the need known quite as clearly as a little boy who said to his father, let's play hockey, Dad. I'll shoot the puck and you score, or I score, and you say good shot. By accepting and valuing my uniqueness and my identity in Christ, This frees me from focusing on my insecurities to focusing on others' needs for encouragement. Once I accept and value who I am as a person, as a child of Christ, I can accept and value others for who they are as unique people of worth and dignity as we were all made in his image. A believer has worth as a child of God. We are redeemed through his Son, Discouraged people have, in a sense, lost themselves and need to be built up by reminding them that they are unique, that they are God's handiwork, too. 
Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I must be able to see past others' shortcomings and letting go of their failures. Building someone up does not mean that I condone their shortcomings and failures. I just can't let those shortcomings and failures deter me from encouraging them now. God doesn't work like that, so neither should I, neither should we. I shouldn't wait for perfection in others before encouraging or praising them, because then we wouldn't be encouraging anybody, would we? There, was only, there are no perfect people in this world except for one, and that was Jesus, and they hung him on a cross. Allowing my body language to express that I accept and value that person, that will allow me to be a true encourager. Have you ever seen someone who's trying to encourage with a sour look on their face or not making eye contact? That type of encouragement would come across as not being very sincere. A refusal to gossip or to speak evil of others. And this can be such a tough one, can it? Don't we all enjoy juicy gossip? Don't we love hearing it? Don't we love sharing it? Gossip and slander tear others down. And that is the opposite of building people up. They are totally inconsistent with being a true encourager. We must replace tearing down others in our thinking and with our speech in order to build them up. Realizing that God is at work in our lives, and even in situations, even if we can't see it, and how often have we forgotten this? I know at times through the pandemic, I may have lost sight of the fact that God was in charge all during this pandemic. But when I focused on that fact, it gave me hope. It gave me peace. And this is a very solid truth that we need to believe in order to be able to build others up. God is at work in all things. In Romans 8.28, we know that, all, that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Knowing and sharing this is a great source of hope. Seeking to grow in and develop these perspectives will help fulfill purposeful building others up. Why we need encouragement. Actually, I'm just going to hold on to that thought just for a moment. In Hebrews 3, chapter verse 13, Encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that... None of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. In 2020, many of us took part in a letter-writing campaign designed to keep in touch with each other. I don't know if you remember that. Hands, if you, were, if you remember that, were you a part of that? For those who participated in this exercise, we were given two names. And we were to write to those individuals and encourage them by highlighting a couple of character traits you saw in that person. For me, that exercise was awesome. It forced me to do something that I've never done before. I've offered words of encouragement to people, but I've never detailed words of encouragement in a letter to someone. And I just found that to be extremely edifying, and it, it built me up, and it encouraged me as I did that. And just as, 
as awesome as it was to send those letters out, it was even more so receiving letters from those who had written back to me. There is much that the Bible has to say about what the Lord says to us about encouragement. As I read passage after passage after passage, I was struck by how vital this expression of love is for God's people. In one sense, encouragement is like oxygen in the life of the church. It keeps hearts beating, minds clear, and it inspires hands to serve. So because encouragement is so important to the church, God doesn't merely recommend it. He explicitly commands it. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 18, Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. Several years ago, it almost seems like a lifetime to me now, I managed superstores. I enjoyed that job. But at the same time, it was a pretty tough gig. Trying to run a store that covered several hundred thousand square feet, had multiple food and non-food departments, a few hundred employees to manage. Those employees working on multiple shifts in different departments, scheduling conflicts that had to be managed, delivery trucks coming and going 24-7, and a head office that gave input as to how things were to be done. It was a juggling act that topped any high-wire, blindfolded, one-arm tied behind your back in a three-ring circus trying to juggle. I was working 50 to 60 hours a week at that time. And that list goes on as far as the job duties were. Now throw in your personal family life. Family activities, school activities, sports, home and yard work, vehicle maintenance, other appointments, personal health. And that list goes on. I found for me the best way to manage my job was to use the golden rule. I let it be my guide. I treated others as the way I would like to be treated. And not to sound like I'm bragging, I have to say that using the golden rule at work, the results was the proof in the pudding for me. My store was consistently in the top three of the stores in Manitoba and Saskatchewan in performance, in morale, the fewest human resource issues, and all that trickled down to the customer. How my staff responded to the way I treated them was definitely an encouragement to me. So why we, why we need encouragement? Well, it's because God commanded his people to encourage. He knows that we need it. In the Gospel of John, Jesus warned that in this world you will have trouble which he then followed up with a much-needed encouragement. But take heart, I have overcome the world. We do live in a broken world where everything calls us towards selfishness and despair. Sin steals joy, our bodies break down, our plans falter, our dreams die, our resolve weakens, our perspective dims. We are promised suffering, we are promised persecution and trials of various kinds. When encouragement is absent from the life of the church, people will feel unloved, unimportant, useless, even forgotten. God knows his people are in need of grace-filled reminders, so he calls us to encourage each and every day until his son returns. Hebrews 3.13 So what is encouragement? The Oxford Dictionary states that encouragement is the action of giving someone support, confidence, and hope. 
biblical encouragement, it's not complimenting someone on their haircut or the clothes that they're wearing or how good the homemade pie tastes. That kind of encouragement is important. But the encouragement the scriptures refer to is explicitly Christian encouragement. Encouragement is shared with the hopes that it will lift someone's heart toward the Lord. Colossians 4 verse 8. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. It points out evidence of grace in another's life to help them see that God is using them. It points a person to God's promises that assures them that all they face is under his control. The New Testament reveals that encouragement was a regular part of the early church's life together. In Acts 13, verse 15, After the reading from the Law and the Prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent word to them, saying, Brothers, if you have a word of exhortation for the people, please speak. In Acts 16, verse 40, After Paul and Silas came out of prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left. In Acts 18, verse 27, when Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. When he arrived, he was a great help to those by grace who had believed. And in Acts 20, verses 1 and 2, when the uproar had ended, Paul sent for the disciples and after encouraging them, said goodbye and set out for Macedonia. He traveled through that area, speaking many words of encouragement to the people and finally arrived in Greece. In Acts 27, verse 36, they were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. They shared scripture-saturated words with each other to spur one another on in faith. Acts 14, verse 22, strengthening the disciples and encouraged them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships in order to enter the kingdom of God, they said. It gave them hope in Romans 15, verse 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we all might have hope. Unity, Romans 15, verse 5. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. Enjoy. I find my spot here. In Acts 15.31, the people read it and were glad for its encouraging message. For strength in Acts 15.32, Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. In fruitfulness, Hebrews 10, verse 24, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. In faithfulness, 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 12, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. In perseverance, Hebrews 10, 25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching, and in the certainty of Christ's return. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 18, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Encouragement was and is an essential way of extending grace to each other. So how do I grow in being an encouragement to others? Well, one way is to pray for God to make you an encourager. 
Ask him to give you a heart that loves others and a creative and creativity to know how to show it. Ask him to help you to die to self-centeredness and grow in a desire to build each other up. Because God delights in helping his people obey his commands. We can trust that his spirit will teach us how to bless others for his glory and for their spiritual good. Study Barnabas. If we study and strive to be like Barnabas, who was nicknamed the son of encouragement by the early church, in Acts verse chapter 4, verse 36, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was the kind of guy that you wanted to have around you if you were serving the Lord. He wasn't just a spiritual cheerleader, but he was a man of great conviction, a man who wanted to see the church flourish, and he did all that he could to make that happen. Barnabas was someone who had worldly respect, wealth, and other standing, but he gave it all up for Jesus, something that today's Christians would do well to learn from. As a Levite who owned property, he heeded the words of Jesus in Matthew 19:21, when Jesus told the young man of wealth to get et- how to get eternal life. Go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Barnabas sold his field and put the money at the feet of the apostles, Acts 4:37. He then spent the rest of his life traveling as a missionary, leading others to Jesus at great personal risk. And even after a disagreement with Paul and having had Paul blast him for going astray from hypocrisy, Galatians 2.13, Barnabas stood fast. He led others to God and he did extraordinary work for the kingdom. Barnabas truly was a man of encouragement. He gave his life to the church and sacrificed much for the faith. He, along with Paul and other Christian leaders of his time, was instrumental in spreading the gospel across the land. Make encouragement a daily discipline. For some of us, encouragement comes naturally, and for others, not so much. We need to remind ourselves to send someone an encouraging note, an email, a text, a phone call. We can start by doing this exercise just one time a week until it becomes a daily routine. We need to intentionally take the time to pause, pray, and try to spur someone on in Christ. We can pray to God and ask him to show us Someone that we could encourage. If we ask God to bring someone to mind that we should reach out to, one way to do this is by praying through our church's directory. Maybe go through it and pick out a name that you haven't spoken to in a long time and maybe get in contact with them. You can encourage family members or co-workers and friends with the right frame of mind. And use scripture if you're able to. Nothing encourages us like promises from God's word. So make a list of scriptures that God has used to bless you personally, or maybe use an excerpt from a daily devotional. Find and share riches of God's grace with others. And be specific in what you say. The notes that I received, the letters that I received, included specific things that others noticed about me in my life. And when I read them, I was humbled and reminded of the fact that God does actually work in and through me. And I needed to read that. I needed to hear that. And I needed to fully understand that. Regularly encourage your ministers, your elders, your deacons, your teachers. If Jay or Miles have shared something in a sermon or lesson that touches you, tell them about it. Don't expect them to write you back. 
but just send a few lines in a card or an email telling how much you appreciated their lesson. Nothing encourages a minister more than hearing how a sermon or a lesson has touched your heart. Nothing encourages elders and deacons and teachers more than to know that others recognize the work that they do and that their efforts are appreciated. Pray that God would create a culture of encouragement in your church and within your relationships with each other. Ask God to make your church a community that loves each other in specific and tangible ways like encouragement. And ask God to help each of you fan that flame. Don't get discouraged if people don't return your encouragement. In Matthew 6, verses 3 and 4, But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know that what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And Ephesians 6, verses 3 through 8, I just want to share verses 7 and 8. Serve wholeheartedly as if you are serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And get started. Nothing will happen unless you get started. So ask yourself this question, who can you encourage right now? Who has blessed you recently that you can thank? What verse can you share with them? How might God use it? Our Lord will do more than we can imagine through just a little encouragement. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So five ways that we can improve at encouraging one another and building each other up. And these are from an article that I had read. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So Christian encouragement is a command. But it's one that we find awkward to employ in everyday life, isn't it? It doesn't have to be comfortable, though. It doesn't have to be uncomfortable, though. Like any other skill, we get better at it with practice. With that in mind, here are five suggestions to help you grow in your ability to encourage others. And we've already talked about this one. Turn to the scriptures. That cannot be emphasized enough. And not everyone is naturally comfortable crafting perfect words for any situation. In practicing encouragement, the fewer words we use of our own, the better. The realization should allow us to Encourage all the more and with greater truthfulness. And we don't need our words to encourage. We need God's word to encourage. So let the scriptures be your starting point. Share with fellow believers where you see the spirit working in and through them. Point out the fruit of the spirit that you see growing in them in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So affirm them in their spiritual gifting. And I encourage you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Romans chapter 12. Two great passages of scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 4 through verse 6. There are different kinds of gifts. But the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service. 
but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. And in Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 3 through uh, verse 8. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Be specific with your encouragement. Our encouragement is most meaningful when we take enough interest in others and are, and are specific with our encouragement. So be observant of those in your believing community. Who's quick to volunteer and to serve others? Who models self-control in their words and their actions? Who exhibits patience with those who talk perhaps more than they should? Based on what you observe, offer concrete examples of how you have seen this person live out their faith. It's deeply encouraging to hear, I saw God's grace at work when you did this or you said that. So specific examples bless the hearer and show that you have taken a genuine interest in them. Be intentional. Give thought to who could use encouragement. Choose an individual and then take intentional time to tell them specifically how much we appreciate them. You can mention a talent, encourage them to share that talent and use it for service in the church. And when we do that, it deepens us as individuals, but also, more importantly, as a community. Whether we work for a church or not, we're all doing the work of ministry in one way or another. And that is difficult work. And that's why we all need encouragement. The best way to be intentional is to think ahead and to praise someone based on where you see faithfulness and fruit of the Spirit in a brother or sister. And that's being intentional encouragement. And it comes from the very depths of our hearts. We need to be selfless. Have you ever held back from encouraging someone because you were afraid that you might feed their pride? Have you ever withheld encouragement because you viewed someone as a rival in your work environment or within your circle of friends? I think we all have. But Christian encouragement and flattery sit at opposite ends of the spectrum. Don't let fear of being seen as a flatterer cause you to curtail your genuine words of encouragement. Don't let your own insecurities inhibit your praise of others. The one who encourages practices selflessness, taking the words of Proverbs 12, verse 18 to heart. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. We have a choice to be selfish or selfless in our encouragement. We can either harm by the selfishness of our silence or diminish praise, 
or we can heal by the selflessness of our fruitful words that are driven by the scriptures. And we need to be courageous. Don't just encourage for godly things already done, but encourage the pursuit of godly things not being done as well. We often need godly courage in order to give someone else godly courage. If a friend is looking at pornography, find words to encourage them toward desiring Christ-likeness instead of illicit images. If a friend is engaging in gossip, find words to encourage them towards more Christ-honoring speech. Be gracious rather than legalistic. The more you can identify with your friend's battle, the more loving your encouragement will be. Use Christian courage to confront sin with kindness and gentleness. I believe encouragement should take its place along any list of spiritual disciplines. I've found few exercises to be more challenging and affirming to my walk with Christ and to my ability to benefit brothers and sisters in Christ. But when we encourage someone, we have the opportunity to speak healing truth into their life. We do this by grace through a heart changed by Christ and words drawn from Scripture. Most of you probably don't know what's going on in my life any more than I know what's going on in yours. But words of encouragement can mean so much to someone who may be hurting, who may be dealing with an issue or a circumstance in their life. So use words with sweetness from the scriptures. And in this way, may we strive to excel in building up the church. As we are told in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12. So it is with you. Since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. I want to thank you for the opportunity that you gave me this morning to bring a few thoughts to you on encouragement and building each other up. I want to state once again how much of an encouragement this church family is to me. I've been here for 66 years of my life, and for the last six months, we have been in Carmen. But I have to say that the encouragement that I feel from each and every one of you, just thinking about you, gives me encouragement. And I want to thank you very, very much for that. So blessings to everyone. May peace come to each of you. And strive to be encouragers. Thank you.